Episode of For the Record. I am still not down in my I am Bart Donaro. I'll be filling in for them for one more week. I'll be back next week, so don't stress. I actually struggled trying to think about what I should cover this week. Because I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, I actually found it really hard to listen to music. I mean, it was easy to listen to music, but I just wasn't getting carried away with anything in the way that I'm extremely predisposed to do. Nothing, nothing was hitting, and I think it was because I experienced music as kind of being linked to the real-world possibilities that it conjures up for me. Like, listening to a new Channel Trez track immediately would transport me to a future dance floor, to friends to feeling free and drunk and being the fullest version of myself. Like there's absolutely no way to separate out how I feel about the song and the electric charge I'm feeling about the future it invokes where I'm going to be able to let it all go for a night and not worry about whatever else is going on in my life. In the same sort of way, the difference between, I don't know, finishing a project or taking action in a situation might be the fact that you heard dancing on my own in Yoruba. And because the year from hell, 2020, neutralized so many real world possibilities, I think it also neutralized a lot of music's effect for me. That's my current theory anyway. And in a kind of a related way, the, this vacuum of real world context where you know nothing's going on for a lot of us. I mean, a lot's going on but mostly internally, nothing out there is going on for us. It's made it almost compulsory to look at all the music that was coming out through the prism of the pandemic. Like how many releases did you hear get described as a reflection of the times or something like that? And a lot of the time it seemed like a stretch, but there are a few that felt to me like they really did capture something real about the pandemic experience, whether it was intentional or not. Examples that come to mind are like the bedroom pop compositions of How, I Fe- How I'm Feeling Now by Charlie XCX. And that kind of fit, fit this bill early on. And Salt's masterpiece, Untitled Black Is, with its like deconstructed neo soul and it pulled in themes of racial justice that have also marked 2020. And the quiet defiance and melancholy of Phoebe Bridges' Punisher hit on some real 2020 feelings as well. But if I had to pick one 2020 record that really felt like the year, I can't go past Thundercats, It Is What It Is, the follow-up to his 2017 record, Drunk.
Album openers, Lost in Space slash Great Scott slash 22 to 26, Interstellar Love and I Love Lewis Cole featuring Thundercats, Brain Feeder stablemate Lewis Cole. Now, I'm definitely not saying this is the best album of the year or even close to it. I actually think the album has some real weaknesses, but reflected in its weaknesses, I see the weaknesses of 2020. Um... And more than anything else I heard, this feels like a kind of warts and all musical portrait of the year that unfortunately was. So why is it the perfect 2020 record? For starters, it feels very unfocused. Um, This is kind of Thundercat's thing. He's got a foot in jazz and soul and hip-hop and pop even. But the songs are often too short and feel a bit undercooked. Apart from a few moments like in Dragon Ball Durag, where the technique, songwriting, and his kind of like trademark goofiness come together as a cohesive whole, this record feels like it lacks songs. And there are definitely no jams as solid and well rounded as them changes on here. As a result, things feel sort of uncomfortably unresolved a lot of the time. Like we never get the payoff of a conventional song structure that has like a beginning, a middle and an end. It's kind of all middle. So a lot of the songs seem to rely on the virtuosity of the playing or the deranged chord progressions to give them their substance rather than actually harnessing those things in service of a coherent song. Let's have a listen to the very coherent Them Changes off 2017's Drunk. Nobody move, there's blood on 
After them changes, we heard Dragon Ball Durag and Miguel's Happy Dance. In this next block, we'll hit Funny Thing, Overseas, and Existential Dread.
Listening to For the Record on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Bartonara, I'm filling in for Dan and Maya this week, and we're taking a closer listen to It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Thematically, it's kind of all over the shop. Thundercat jumps from loss and the nature of love and isolation on songs like Interstellar Love and Existential Dread to partying on Funny Thing to Sex on a Plane on Overseas to reflections on the loss of his friend Mac Miller towards the back end of the album. It's bewildering and it doesn't quite allow for a proper reckoning with any one feeling before it's on to the next. And this is kind of what I'm getting at when I talk about how this record feels like 2020. Um, Harmonically, it is what it is, leans hard on Thundercat's signature key changes. Like in King of the Hill, he'll lay down some chords that set up a feeling and make you think, like you know what's coming, then he'll throw in a rogue chord that changes the key and completely turns the emotional palette upside down before jumping back to the first key on the next beat. And this sort of gives a really cool effect. It knocks you off your emotional equilibrium and keeps you on your toes and you're sort of always looking around the next corner. Um, But because he does it over and over again in track after track, you start to expect it and something that's designed to surprise and, and have this effect becomes like, or kind of runs the risk of becoming tiresome by the end. But the record, I think, is short enough to avoid this. 
Next up, let's have a listen to Funk Jam Black Qualls featuring Steve Lacey and Childish Gambino, followed by How I Feel, King of the Hill and Fair Chance featuring Ty Dolla Sign and Lil B. I just We don't 
Now, none of this is to say that this album has no value beyond its 2020-ness. I'm being mega hard on it just to kind of heighten the parallels between it and my experience of 2020, but I actually really like this record. There's some great Flying Lotus beats, and as much as I can get over the constant key changing, it does extend the boundaries of conventional three-chord pop music, and I can definitely get on board with that. Plus, the playing is wild. Thundercat's a monster bass player, there's no denying that. And he's, he actually does get to stretch out a lot on these tracks, which appeals to my secret love of technical wankery. The insane arpeggios on Houseway sound like they're lifted straight from Super Mario World. Um, and I'm pretty sure that computer games are a big influence on Thundercat. Um, and like the bass chords and the frenetic noodling at the start of Unrequited Love stirs something deep within me um, that I probably try to suppress, but um, always comes out when I'm listening to Thundercat.
That was me playing air bass along to Houseway and Unrequited Love. But I actually played drums and I was coming up in the late 90s, early noughties. And I was raised on these ludicrous instructional videos by virtuoso musos who became my musical heroes. But so many times when these players would try to actually write music, it was horrible. There was this bass player, or probably still is, um, called Victor Wooten, who pretty much every bass player I knew was obsessed with. And yeah, he was definitely amazing. He could do superhuman stuff on the bass. But his songs were trash. And most of them um, actually were about bass playing, if I'm remembering that right. And this is why maybe I give Thunder Thundercat a massive pass on some of his songwriting deficiencies, because I know it could be so much worse. And he's made it socially acceptable to nerd out on bass shredding too. I'm going to play a little bit of Victor Wooten so you can also feel as thankful for Thundercat as I do. This is me and my bass guitar. My name is Vic, I'm gonna do a little trick. I'm gonna play my bass without using a pick. Travel around the world and back again. I just taken my bass out for a spin, and you know what I'm saying. And if you're ever looking for me, I don't go too far. Cause if you really wanna find me, you know where I are. With me and my bass guitar. I see I try to eat right, take care of my health Set myself up, don't upset myself Cause I improvise, call it ad-lib Give what you like cause I like what you give And if you ever come to my house I'll tell you what you see A house full of nothing <laughs> just before Enough of that um, Instead of going down the Victor Wooten path Thundercat has wisely chosen to walk More in the footsteps of 70s funk and soul legends and on this record you can hear him paying his respects to that tradition and really wearing his influences on his sleeve you can hear the kind of tight muscular funk of bands like earth wind and fire and tower of power the technicality and the kind of side-eyed tongue-in-cheekness of steely dan and shades of funkadelic in there as well especially on black qualls but when i think about thundercat's sort of tilt at entering the pop music world, coming from a player's sensibility and a preference for using 12 chords when two will do, I always think of Stevie Wonder. Stevie was definitely more a creature of pop music than Thundercat, but he had such an understanding of harmony that he was able to use sort of the same kinds of unorthodox chord progressions and melodies, but keep it sounding familiar enough to really take you along for the ride with him uh, where I'm sort of jolted out of the world of the song with Thundercat at times and I think Stevie Wonder is a really good example of how you can use those sort of strange chord progressions and things that are kind of outside the world of pop you know bringing in jazz and bringing in those other influences but still make it really um, immediate and um, hooky and palatable. Let's have a listen to an example of this. It's the first track of Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions. It's called Too High. 
She's a girl in a dream She sees a four-eyed cartoon monster on the TV screen She takes another puff and says it's a crazy scene The red is green She's a tangerine I'm too high, too high But I ain't left the ground too negative on this episode about this album because like I said I actually really do like it and I think it will prove to be a really good document of how this year unfolded. 
it feels unfinished, it feels stir crazy, it jumps from feeling to feeling, it um, takes in grief and loss and existential pondering and silliness and relationships and it just puts it all into a washing machine and I think when the dust settles this is how we're going to view this year. So with that in mind let's go out on the album's closer, the title track and probably the most succinct summation of 2020 that I've heard. It is what it is. When the Yeah.